Are you curious about bodies, pleasure, and possibilities? And what about curious about what others are up to on the planet when it comes to pleasure, sex, and play? Have you considered what pleasure can do for your life, your body, and your bank account? Do you know something magical, delightful, and out of this world orgasmic is not only possible for you, but totally available to you? If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship and sex alchemist, Milica Jelanić. Welcome, my sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight, we're going to be talking about a holistic approach to vulvodynia. And why not? A few weeks ago, the penises were talking to me, and now the vulvas are talking to me. And because of that, we are going to have a pretty phenomenal show. It's interesting to me that the number of women this week alone, not even ones who know me, uh, who have approached either myself or my mother in our practices secretly kind of saying, hey, I've got this problem. It's been in the air. Volvidinia has been in the air, my friends. And uh, so it's kind of fun because I said, hey, I'm actually doing a show about this on Monday. I will get you the link and you could come in and listen and you can come in and ask questions. So very cool that this is a topic that apparently really needed to be talked about. So I am grateful for the vulvas of the world speaking up and asking for some contributions and asking for to be spoken with and listened to and uh, given some advice. And I've particularly heard of several women talking about vulvodynia and feeling at a big loss. A lot of them are looking it up and looking up any kind of medical things on vulvodynia will have you believe that vulvodynia is there for life and there's essentially nothing you can do about it. There may be some surgery as a last, as a last kind of resort. There may be um, injections of uh, things that would kind of deaden your nerves so that you don't have feeling. There's nothing about those that says to the vulva that you love your vulva and that you're there to see how you can contribute to it. All of those are kind of, let's go in, you are a problem. Let's eliminate the problem and see how things go. So, you know, if you've ever listened to this show before, you'll know how much of a fan I am of having conversations with the body and the body parts and what's going on. The vulva is like one part of the body, right? But then we've got all these other parts and everything is interconnected. So as much as we will be talking to the vulvas tonight, there's so much more to it. There's, you know, we're talking about the entire body as, as a system that works together as, as this like amazing mechanism machine that works all together, all these different parts. So when I'm talking tonight about is going to be a holistic approach to vulvodynia. You can find all kinds of other approaches to vulvodynia online that are, you know, if you do your research, you're going to find lots of things that say, go get this injection, deaden your nerves, go get this removed, um, do this, do that. And none of them are really getting to the core root of it. Why? Because a lot of this medical information that's being talked about in the mainstream medical system, the allopathic system, 
indicates that there is no cause for vulvodynia. We have no proof. There's no evidence. There's no physical evidence. There is no injury that is visible to the vulva. So why would the vulva have pain? There's no visible injury. So, you know, we talk about things about visible injuries. You know, you could have had surgery. So you have a scar that's visible and you might have had uh, knee surgery, right? So then that scar would be visible. You might've had an injury where you broke your arm. Um, and that would be something that when it's broken, it's visible. Now with vulvas, they may not appear that way unless, you know, in that moment, there's been injury to the vulva in some way where there maybe was damage, where if somebody was violently raped and if they had, you know, if somebody um, cut them or if there was, uh, you know, severe damage to the vulva that was uh, extreme, then there would be physical evidence of why this might actually be painful for the woman or for the person with the vulva. So not to identify everybody with a vulva as a woman, because that's not the case. So if these injuries are not all visible, where might they lie in our bodies? Where might they reside? Now, some approaches say that vulvodynia is all in your head. And in some respects, there is the thought that if something is not visible and the pain exists, then the idea is that it is actually triggering the part of your brain that is all about pain. So in that case, it would be accurate to say that it's all in your brain, it's all in your head. Now, just because there's an absence of any sign of injury doesn't necessarily mean that it's situated only in the brain. Although that is what one of the big understandings of chronic pain is, that if there's an absence of injury, that it's that all of that is coming from the brain and not necessarily uh, where, you know, in, in the part of the body that's associated with that, like it might not be in a part of the brain that's associated with the vulva, it could just be in a pain, pain center necessarily of that. So sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes people would just live with it. They'll just go, well, I'm, I have this, I have vulvodynia, I have it for life. There's nothing I can do about it. Oh, well. And I know for a fact that's not true. How do I know that? Well, I know that personally from my own life, after I had my daughter, um, everything about my vulva hurt. And it wasn't because of having my daughter. She was not a giant baby. She was a normal baby. <clears throat> What my body knew was my body was not interested in having sex at all. My body wasn't interested in having anybody go near my vulva, never mind entering the vagina, which would be if your vagina if your vagina hurts upon entry, that's more like vaginismus. So if you have this chronic pain in your body, and sometimes it's chronic, sometimes it's not. There's there's um there are different levels of vulvodynia and there's different ways to look at them. So we will look at that as well. However, when it's not visible, for example, mine may have been visible because I had, um, I have, uh, I have scar tissue on my labia and I have scar tissue uh, on my perineum from giving birth. But that wasn't always the like it wasn't just that that was causing 
the pain in my vulva. It was, there was more to it. So prior to that, in my 20s, my body had been violated. And when that occurred, my body also went into a bit of a uh, trial, try trying times of not really wanting to be touched. Everything was an extreme sensation and reaction. And there was a lot of chronic, like burning feeling and a lot of um, chronic pain. Uh, sitting was painful and a lot of things were painful. So looking back on my life, what I thought I had, what I thought I was like, oh, I must have like a yeast infection. So I went to the doctor and they would check me and they would say, no, you don't really have a yeast infection, but we'll give you antibiotics because we don't know what the pain is. So I take the antibiotics and the pain wouldn't go away. And I was like, I don't really know what this is. And I was doing healing at the time. I was getting, um, I was getting all kinds of healing work done. I was for years of my life. I went every week of my life to get energy work done and get, um, I was getting uh, different things like gestalt therapy, art therapy, dance therapy. I was working on myself diligently, like more than once a week for years, for 14 years. I did that on the weekly basis, sometimes a couple times a week, doing different things like training to strengthen my body and training in, in um, all kinds of stuff. I, I really, if I sat here and listed them, it would take up the hour. There was some changes that occurred and I started to get feeling back and it was getting a lot better. And um, I was still holding on though. So my body, in my body, I was still holding on to trauma of violation. And so because I was holding on to that trauma, my body knew that, hey, vulva, last time you got damaged. So what are we going to do? We are going to put up a barrier in a wall to having anybody enter ever again. And if you get to the point where you're painful, you're not gonna be in a position where you're gonna like invite somebody into, into like have sex with us because this could be uh, incredibly painful, right? So we're not gonna do that. There's this unconscious thing that goes on where you kind of avoid partnering up or having sex with people because they, you really don't want to, right? So there's a, you, you're aware and you're kind of self-protecting. That makes sense, right? Why wouldn't you be self-protecting? So when we look at the whole picture from a holistic perspective, you look at the whole picture, you're looking at the body, mind, spirit, you're looking at all of it and you're looking at all levels of it. What's going on in that body? Okay, that body's not responding to antibiotics physically. Okay, that's interesting. So what is going on? What's causing that um, burning pain source? Sort of throbbing, sort of discomfort, uh, especially at the uh, the very opening of the the vulva. And what's causing and with vaginismus too? Uh, they're kind of. I'm going to talk about both of them because it's all really to do with like pain and the vulva and vagina. And um, what I'm aware of is that that a lot of things that can assist vulvodynia can also assist vaginismus. Uh, and ladies, there are so many, well, ladies, not just ladies, but anybody who has a vulva um, may find that they experience different things as well uh, that are not just uh, vulva related. So you're not just touching, say, for example, uh, the labia majora and going, oh, that's painful. You might notice that, um, you know, for everybody, because it's so different, 
Um, and there are actually two categories of vulvodynia. So the two, there are two subtypes of vulvodynia. One's called generalized and the other one's localized. And then generalized vulvodynia is where you have like constant pain, never kind of like never ending pain with very little relief. Like you'll feel the burning, the throbbing, the um, like even clothes hurt, like all the time, you know, maybe when you're sleeping, it might go away, but it might even keep you up at night. And localized vulvodynia usually affects one side, uh, might, and localized, one of the kinds of localized vulvodynia is called vestibulodynia. So it's part of the vestibular gland, vestibular area. And the vestibular area is kind of, um, so just under the clitoris, if you open the labia, it's just under there on the inside is the vestibular area. And that area can have like a throbbing pain. But you can also have like clitoridinia where the clitoris is painful. Now, the clitoris has 8,000 nerves. So you can imagine that if your clitoris is painful, it is excruciating. 8,000 nerves having pain. Not only do you feel it in your vulva, those nerves radiate. Like you can feel it going around your, uh, your hips into your buttocks. It will go, it'll actually create like almost like an abdominal discomfort at the same time because those nerves, there's just so many of them and they're coming, all those nerves go, um, come from, they're basically all connected through, uh, like your brain, through your nervous system, through your, they go all the way through your, um, your spine and they come out of there. So we're talking about like, this can affect so much of your body when you just, but it comes down to that. It might actually be uh, beginning in the clitoris, which when I think of, of what goes on in countries where women have clitoridectomies, that enrages me that you would do this to a woman because like we get pain already as it freaking is. Why would you induce this in people? And I get it. There's like, religious reasons and beliefs and blah, blah, blah. But this is um, torture, essentially. And to have uh, clitoral pain, even when you don't have a clitoridectomy as painful, but then to have somebody force that on you or encourage it, coerce you into it um, is just insane to me. But that's a story for another day, but it does make me think of that. So pain in the clitoris is it's kind of uncommon but it does occur and, and it's something that if you do have it i hope that this show will contribute to you it is considered under the category of vulvodynia um, and it is more painful because we have eight thousand nerves in that area it is more painful than the vestibulodynia in the vestibular area so we're going to look at some symptoms we're going to look at some things that we can do to change this we're going to look at some options in the world when we come back you're listening to the pleasure zone here on inspired choices network and we'll be right back after this commercial are you secretly a voyeur wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives what if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices Lean in now 
with Milica Jelenic, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Milica Jelenic, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Pleasure Zone, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight we're talking about vulvodynia. And vulvodynia is uh, kind of a overheading to just describe that, you know, there's pain in the vulva, constant pain in the vulva. Sometimes there's relief, but usually it's a constant pain in the vulva. This condition uh, has been said to affect about 10% of women at some point in their reproductive lives, which is a really huge number to me. When I think of how many men in the world are affected by Peyronie's in a way that Peyronie's is, um, you know, affecting their sex life and incredibly painful for them. So Peyronie's is where um, man's penis goes, uh, man or somebody with a penis, bodies, whoever, however gender you identify as with a penis, has a penis that is on an angle, Some, usually caused by injury, uh, but other there's other reasons for Peyronie's. I think I've talked about Peyronie's on a few shows. So with women, there's no visible thing. You don't see an angle to the vulva necessarily. Although, you know, uteruses can be angled and that can create some, some discomfort as well. Um, but that's the uterus. So the vulva tends to not be angled. It's it's something that is visible. The vulva is the external genitalia. For those of you who are wondering, what the heck is a vulva, aka pussy? That is the external. So the anatomy of a vulva, uh, for you know, for some people, we're just going to keep like the anatomy of the vulva really simple here. So the anatomy of the vulva includes the clitoris, the urethra, the vestibule, um, the labia majora, labia minora the vagina, vaginal opening, um, and then perineum kind of area, and the Bartholins or Bartholins glands. I never know exactly how I'm supposed to pronounce the Bartholin or Bartholins glands, but they're all external. So the vaginal opening, uh, well, there's actually a name for it, and I can't remember what, entroitus is what it's called. The entroitus is the opening area. 
Um, and you don't see that word on a lot of, of the uh, anatomy pictures. I think I've seen the word introitus only maybe in a diagram on my um, sex and intimacy coaching information. And it's a great word, the introitus, where the entry point is. And that is actually all part of the vulvodynia category. So if there's pain in that opening area, that generalized like right where the vaginal opening is, that counts as vulvodynia as well. And there, so like I was saying before, medically they say there's no there's no particular reason for this we can't they don't know uh why as they can't say it's a lack of this or a lack of that or whatever there isn't any definitive reasoning behind it yes they do think there might be some things that involve things psychologically but there's no guarantee and they don't know exactly what that is and yes there could be some kind of neuralgia going on like pudendal pudendal neuralgia might happen but for the most part we don't really know right so and you know and some people also think that it has to do with the um, the we'll call it like the terrain of the vagina and like whether it's got the right amount of acidity or alkalinity going on whether there's yeast infections that are inflaming it whether there's dryness whether there's um, you know atrophy so vaginal atrophy can cause a lot of pain too. And that would be you know, something that would give us the category of, of vaginismus, but vaginal atrophy in itself or atrophic vaginitis is, it's got its own category. Um, so if that's occurring, then entry vaginal penetration is excruciating for women or for anybody with a vagina. So there, are some ways that it can begin to heal. So what I wanna talk about first and foremost are some things to look at. If you happen to know anybody who does, or if, if you don't, you can always contact me and I can uh, help you get in um, contact with somebody who does this, is getting blood work done to find out what your food sensitivities are. So there are a lot of naturopaths in the world that do that they send it off to a lab, the lab sends it back and you find out what your food sensitivities are. Getting and eating the correct foods for your body that you don't have sensitivities to can assist your body into getting the nutrients it needs and also to not have inflammation. So if you're eating foods that you have sensitivities to, you're creating inflammation all the time. And so it's it's uh, really helpful to get this done. There, I also used to go to a naturopath years ago, like 22 years ago, and she had a great system where she could test food sensitivities by just um, using a little instrument on your finger, and she would have it done really quickly. But it's really fast and easy to get the, the blood work done for your food sensitivities. There are special specialty labs who will do that for you. So I don't know what it costs, um, but I think it's worth every penny, whatever it happens to cost, so that you can be really clear on what your food sensitivities are and start eating things that your body can handle. So once you get on track for nutrition, then I would look at a few other options too. It's like, how do you maintain that? So you can maintain that lifestyle of eating the foods that work for your body. Awesome, hopefully. But if there's a mindset going on that has you 
where you kind of give up, then you might need some coaching. And that's where I might come in to assist. So if you need some coaching to keep yourself on track, you can always get a hold of me through my website at melitzajelenik.com and just let me know, hey, I need some you know, assistance here. I need some coaching to get me on track, to keep me on track so that I can maintain this nutrition, um, this nutritional, new nutritional lifestyle that I'm looking to have. And I'm looking to get rid of my uh, either vulvodynia or vaginismus or any kind of pain in, um, going on in the reproductive organs. And so we're getting the nutrition down. And I think it's so key because sometimes with the nutrition, you're also going to be adding in things that have higher vitamins that your body is looking for. And some of the vitamins, especially if there's neuralgia of any kind, if there's like nerve pain, one of the things that's great for nerve pain is magnesium. And a lot of women in general find, um, you know, when you get your blood work done in general, a lot of women as they age, they have a reduced magnesium. So increasing magnesium or foods with magnesium is super helpful. So I would look into that too. What are some foods with magnesium? You can look those up. Um, you, but you can also just see uh, what your magnesium levels are by getting some blood work done. So I personally, I take something called a Schussler cell salts. I love them. They're like one of my favorite things to use. And I'm a huge fan of one called MagFoss for cramping. And I use a, I personally use a MagFoss, which is in a, a 6X. So they have different measurements, 3X, 6X, 12X usually. And those are for the Schussler cell salts. They are, um, they're like, I don't know, micro, they're like, for lack of a better word, they're like microdosing on um, different uh, minerals. Uh, that's not what it is. It's more homeopathic in nature. But for, for those um, who are like, I don't understand this stuff, that would be the best way to describe it. And then um, also taking things like vitamin D3, super helpful, uh, especially if you live in any northern countries, most bodies need the vitamin D3, but it's always good to get these things checked, get your levels checked and see what you need and taking probiotics so you get some happy flora in your body and making sure that things like candida are staying down and vitamin B12 as well to assist your nervous system and um, just get your body back to functioning better. So for the most part, uh, you might want to look at some foods that like avoiding certain foods. If this doesn't come up on your food avoidance list, um, some of these foods can, you know, make your urine more irritating. Like asparagus can make it more irritating. Some greens can make it irritating. Berries, beans, chocolate nuts can all make um, your urine a little bit more irritating. So looking at foods too that are more, uh, you know, the alkaline level rather than the acidic level is helpful. So these are all things to consider, um, but I think one of the easiest ways to go about it is to get that blood work done so that you can know what is what are your food sensitivities so you can be more specialized, more specific for you on what you need to be eating uh, for your body to make it easier for your body. So nutrition to me is one of the key things. It's what we do every day, whether, you know, generally we want to or not, we need to have food. And if we're lucky enough to live in a country or in a place where we have access to food and we have the means and the funds to get food, then why not eat food that is happy for your body rather than anything that you might have food sensitivities towards. And 
for me, one of the things I like to do just for fun once in a while is do like a reset where I'll just have uh, like a veggie broth and water for three days and I reset my body. And I just say that out loud just as a good reminder that um, that's something that my body's actually been asking for. So I know I'm going to be doing one of those coming real soon to get um, to get some stuff moving out of my body, get some uh, inflammation down. So and everybody's got some, for the most part, most people have some level of inflammation, unless you're incredibly healthy and you don't, which is rare. I rarely see people with absolutely zero inflammation in their body. So those are some things that you can do internally to change uh, you know, the, the chemistry, the biochemistry of your body. So biochemistry is what we talk about when we do things like vitamins, minerals, foods, medications those are all biochemical we're also going to be talking about things that are biophysics so the physics of the body and the quantum mechanics of the body and how the body operates energetically and using things like uh, information to switch our bodies up to be able to heal the the body through kind of a different approach so yeah biochemical is usually the way that our bodies have gone Historically, it's how we function through biochemistry that we know of. However, we have from day one always been energetic beings, and we just forget that we can also be healing via bio, uh, biophysics. So informational medicine, energetic medicine, all of those things. So energetic medicine includes things like homeopathics. And for homeopathics, I highly recommend going to somebody who is a homeopath specifically to get uh, any kind of home because homeopathy is very specific to each individual uh, there could be 10 women who come in with exactly the same conditions of vulvodynia and every single one of them might have uh, different characteristics even in their face which would make the medication or the homeopathic remedy be a different remedy than the others uh, even certain things that they might crave, like one might crave outdoor and one might crave indoor, that would change the um, the remedy. So with homeopathics, don't just go Google them and go, I'm going to take this because Google said homeopathics to be really effective. You need a homeopath who can go through and they will go through, really good homeopaths will go through a lot of things about your life. Um, they'll even usually look at your face, facial features. They'll ask you about like your day and how you function and things you like and don't like and how you sleep and smells you like and don't like, like they get thorough. And it's amazing because when they're really good at what they do, they can pinpoint for you um, a very specific remedy that will be ideal for you. So Homeopaths are great for this as well. <clears throat> I would recommend that if you love homeopathy to go to a homeopath for this, as they can be um, offering you some very specific information. Um, when I recommend a Schussler cell salt, that's more of a mineral salt, but a lot of times it's regarded as homeopathy as well. But magnesium phosphorus is uh, for most people with cramps and for a lot of women, magphos is a really good one to just have around. So um, I'm going to head to the next uh, break. So you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? 
Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone Radio Show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzayelenich.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers and sisters. I almost said, I guess sisters listening tonight because they've got vulvodynia. So one of the things, um, for those of you who are wondering out there, like how would you even know if you've got vulvodynia? Um, I mentioned a few of those things earlier about the burning, the pain, the throbbing, but there are definitely some symptoms to look for. And this doesn't guarantee that you have vulvodynia. It might be an indicator of other things, like there could be infections going on. There could be allergies going on. Um, you know, there could be a use of things like um, steroid creams. Sometimes they can uh, they can trigger vulvodynia. So don't always assume that it's vulvodynia. Um, it's good to get these things checked out first, but most, for the most part, there's uh, stuff like a burning or a stinging sensation that goes on and like a pain that feels kind of like a throbbing, almost like a pulse uh, and like a dull ache in the vulvar area. Uh, so for me, it also goes and it kind of travels down the back of my leg. Like the pain can, can travel and it's, it's like that's that can be some nerve pain, but it also come it it you can feel like I can feel it go from 
from my um <clears throat> from my labia essentially from the like opening and there's like there can be like a pain there and then it travels down to the anal opening and then it goes down and around uh, sometimes right all the way down to my knee but not all not always i don't think that's true for all women but that is uh, sometimes occasionally for me it goes that way and then sometimes occasionally it goes to uh, a more of a, a pain that's in the um uh what's it called <clears throat> the the kind of the pelvic bone um right into the bone actually sometimes yeah it's kind of weird to think about that but yeah sometimes i feel it in the pelvic bone so everybody is different but generally speaking it's a throbbing pain and it can go away fast but sometimes it'll linger and it can it can be really annoying because it can affect sitting so sometimes if you've ever had hemorrhoids it's kind of feels like hemorrhoids but in your vulva and the swelling can you know it can just come out of nowhere and can also there can be sometimes like redness like extra redness it can be really sore to the touch sometimes like you know if if you go to wash there can be a uh, pain or like you go to um, say even like rinse your labia or something and it's like wow that's like intense um but again it doesn't necessarily so for me i've had it off and on a few times in my life and I can speak about it very uh, freely today because as I've been creating this show, for some reason, my body is so cute and it's like, let's just remind you of what that was like. So now you can, <clears throat> you can experience this so you can talk about healing it. And so, yeah, so part of the healing, it has been my, I've been asking my body what foods it requires more because I kind of went to, um, I, I kind of went on, uh, what I would call like autopilot with food. And I stopped asking it more diligently. I've just been like, ah, I'll just eat whatever. So I am getting back to the conversation with my body about food, uh, looking at my food sensitivities and being more diligent with those to get the flora fauna back in place and um, looking at different emotional things that my body is still holding on to sadnesses uh, feelings of loss and things maybe somewhat and then there's some other traumas that have that still need to be um, completely dealt with <clears throat> in a way well completely dealt with there's just like reminders and it's that isn't even the traumas from when i was in my 20s these are other traumas that were more in the last like 15 years and then the trauma of birth my body's reminding me of that a lot as the scar tissue um, in my vulva is very uh, angry for lack of a better word these days it's like yelling at me so it's um it's been interesting so all these things are things that my body is asking me to look at so thank you i created this show and then all of a sudden my body's like yeah you created this show you needed more information and you need to share this information with people and let's get it out there so there's so many ways that vulvodynia can show up, but mostly it's like, look at, do you have pain when you touch your vulva? Do you have pain when somebody else touches your vulva? Um, is it one-sided? Is it like more to, to like the right or the left? Is it more to the vestibular area? Is it more to the clitoral area? Is it more to the introitus? Is it 
uh, is that area okay? But then internally there's vaginismus, we're going for penetration hurts, like where is the pain? So it's good to kind of notice, like what is it? Where do you notice it? What do those areas mean to you? Uh, so to me, these things that are visible areas of my body, like the, like my labia, for example, um, when they have like the pain or um, even where I have stitches from when I had uh, my daughter and I have that on my, my labia minora, they are, my labia minora are, are visible, like quite visible, but they are, um, yeah, so there's stitches in them and you can, see, I can see the scar tissue because I can see it. Uh, it was kind of stitched together uh, in a very strange way. So when I feel that, like I can feel it, then, uh, you know, one of the things I would do is I would just check and go like, what is that about? Because everything about that for me is visible. It's also for me, a really big look at how do I feel like I'm seen as a sexual being? And how am I being uh, treated as a sexual being? How am I allowing myself to be treated as a sexual being? A whole bunch of questions around my visible sexuality because the vulva is that part for women that is our visible sexual organs where the rest of our sexual organs are internal. You can't see that stuff. These are Those are things sometimes we've internalized, but these are visible things. These are things that you know, we might even be trying to hide from ourselves. That's just my interpretation of it. So you can have your own interpretation of it if you like. For me, it has to do with how I'm being seen. Now, for some of us too, there'll be, and I've actually talked, there's, it's interesting how many young girls have this, um, this issue too, where there's I would say the majority of young girls I've spoken to all say that tampons hurt. And I was like, wow, tampons shouldn't hurt. Um, technically, that's not the point of them. Um, but for the young women that I know who are, you know, like in their teens and 20s who are talking about this stuff, they're saying that, no, they're not interested in these things because they hurt. And I think, okay, so now we're working at, there's a lot of, you know, when they're saying 10% of women are experiencing this, there may be actually a larger number because they're not really tapping into the younger generation either. Um, and it's not like these girls are putting these things in wrong or anything like that. They're, they know what they're doing. They've explained what they're doing and they're doing it correctly. However, their bodies are not happy with those things. They're not happy with tampons. So um, those things would hurt them. <clears throat> So things like vestibulodynia is it's provoked by stuff like tampon insertion or sitting for a long time or even um, you know intercourse penetration can cause that too. So how do we solve this, guys? Like there's so so many things that can be creating this, uh, and it can be such a dull and annoying pain. Um, it can, to me too. It can also create like a a nagging pain when you go to try and walk or you try to move, it can just be aggravating and annoying. Uh, especially when there's scar tissue involved, I find it incredibly annoying. But how do we heal this? So especially for scar tissue, one of my favorite things to do is use, and it's cool because it's actually been, you know, a few people recommend this too, is using coconut oil. 
So um, but don't stick it in your body. It is like a food. You can use it externally. Don't, don't put it internally. Um, so you can rub coconut oil on, say, for example, the, um, for me, I could do it on my labia and I could rub it and start to rub the nodules of the, um, of the scar tissue out. The scar tissue can be kind of painful when you rub it out, but you can rub it. You can just start to like massage that area so that you can get some of the, the scar tissue build up out of there. And you can also do things where, where you just get really cool, calm and collected and just put your hand on your vulva. Even for people with vulvas, just taking your hand on the vulva is incredibly sore. So you can even put your hand uh, on your vulva to your pussy, whatever you want to call it. But to get, get that familiarity back and to just be present with it for a moment so that you can breathe into having touch or anything touch that area. Because even for some women wearing like Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email info at melitzayelenich.com now back to the program welcome back my sweet pleasure seeker so some of the things that we're talking about as um, you know some solutions here one of the solutions i mentioned before was the vitamins like getting your vitamins checked getting um, all of the stuff like finding out what your food sensitivities are so you make sure you're on that getting those vitamins checked. So if you need magnesium or something, or if it's nerve related, um, you know, B12 and magnesium can really help with that. Then some external things you can use like coconut oil to rub it in as a lubricant, especially if there's dryness, but that's for external, not for internal. If there's internal dryness, then using a really good uh, lubricant that's water-based. Um, it's helpful if you need to find one that's really good you can connect with me i have uh, sources for that so remember to find me at melitzagelenic.com or you can just find me on social media 
friend me and let me know why you're friending me. Send me a note. That's helpful. I check those before I say yes back to people. Um, and so the other one I mentioned too was beginning to become friends with your vulva again. And to me, one of the best and easiest ways to do that is by touch. And mind you, if, if touch is really hard for you, if your body is very much in um, like adverse to that, then I would say that it's really good to uh, just begin with like kind of putting your hand near your vulva. So you can even just start with putting your hand on your pubic bone and getting kind of used to that. You can also do things like cold compresses or gel packs because that burning sensation, the cooling can really help for soaking in something like a sips bath. Um, one of the things to avoid too, just like if you have chronic yeast infections, you want to avoid things like pantyhose and you want to avoid uh, all underwear that isn't cotton. Like you want to just wear cotton, white cotton underwear uh, or cotton as much cotton as you can get in your underwear. Uh, and you want to avoid things like hot tubs that would aggravate any, um, any growth of bacteria or um, change the pH of your vulva too. And, it, and it's also just because hot tubs can really breed a lot of crap. And also not using anything like uh, prolonged use of things like, um, it's like panty liners. Those can be just vicious. Um, there they're to me are like one of the worst things you can do to your vulva. If you have so much, um, if you have, if you have a lot of discharge that you find offensive, then it's really good to go to a gynecologist and find out what's going on or go to your naturopath or go to somebody who's a professional. You could come to me and we can figure it out. Um, but if you feel like you need to be using, um, for any reason, if you think you need to be using like uh, panty liners on a daily basis, your body is going to be really affected by that. It holds in moisture. It creates uh, gro It's really gross. If you actually knew what it did to you, you wouldn't do it. Uh, you're better off wearing panties and like, yes, if they get stuff in them, they do. You wash it. If it stains your underwear, get over yourself. It's better for your body to not wear those. Um, apologies to Procter and Gamble if I put you out of business. So, um, and avoid things like putting too much pressure on, on your vulva in general. Like if you have to sit on it, just sit gently or wear, use one of those uh, rings that are for, for people who have, uh, what's it called? Like hemorrhoids. So one of my other things that I highly recommend, highly, highly recommend is if you happen to have somebody in your area that does sexual somatic body work, highly recommend that as an option, uh, especially anybody who's highly qualified in that work will be really considerate, will work with you on getting used to having touch on your vulva again, where it's not painful, where you can put your hand on the vulva. And then if, you know, if um, you're comfortable with it, then usually the practitioner will put their hand on top of your hand and support the process of you holding your own vulva. And, um, and you might even see that there will be the opportunity or the option to have um, penetration sometimes of, of the vagina just to get used to the sensation. And this is not for um, getting, um, this is not like you're not hiring a prostitute here. You're hiring a somatic sexual body worker who's there 
as a support system in order to assist you through uh, different different things that are like uh, you know sexual issues going on. So that that's the job of of their work, and you can do some of this for yourself by putting your hand on being space. If you know how to do energy work, doing some energy work on yourself on your own vulva, which is what I did for two hours last night. I just held my vulva and just was like present with it. If you have a lover that's really sweet and kind and can do this for you without making it into sex, um, because this is more about, about being space and seeing what it opens to, but not going, I have my hand on your crotch and I'm going to have to stimulate you. Oh my Lord. Uh, for every man who's ever done that to me. <laughs> so no, that's not what it's about just being present, hand on the vulva, be present with the person and allow their body to heal and move however it needs to move. And no job required on your part. Usually the body will move the way it needs to and will begin to heal in the time that it needs to. One of the things with that work with the hand on the body is that it's, it uh, is actually part of a trauma release kind of work. And in the DSM, for anything like mood and anxiety is um, considered, you know, it's, it's actually um, something that is considered uh, in the DSM-4, like the, the vulvar pain is under mood and anxiety and chronic disorders. And it's considered that the touch technique that I was just talking about is one of the best ways to uh, resolve it from a holistic approach. And then whatever bring comes up in that session. So there's a lot of healing that would kind of take place before that. There's a lot of talk and discussion and trust that's required. So if you're going to somebody, make sure you trust them, that you trust yourself with them and that you feel confident in their work. Check them out, check out their um, qualifications and all that jazz too, just so that you feel comfortable, confident, and you're not walking into a situation where the person's just putting their finger in your crotch and that's it. Um, it's a process and it should be a process that's honored in your time. So please make sure that that's the case. And when you go, remember, ask them questions, but be willing to um, be willing to just take your time with it. I think it's just honor your time on that and not rush it so that you can get Make sure that you're letting your body kind of release all the trauma that might be there, whatever level it's at, emotional, physical, whatever. So next week, we're going to be talking about the gift of acknowledgement after it'll be, oh, it'll be after Christmas. How fantastic. So I hope you guys enjoy that episode. Until then, stay tuned in and turned on. Thank you for listening to The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.